Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller and this week I am joined by Neil Gray, SNP MP for Adrian Schotts and the party's new spokesman on social justice. What is social justice? Social justice is about fairness and making sure that people are part of the political process and benefit from it. Shouldn't you just call it fairness then? Is it socialism? What's the difference between socialism and social justice? Yeah, I don't think there is any great difference, but um, yeah, social justice, I think, tells us that we, in everything that we do, we should ensure that society as a whole um, benefits equitably rather than what we have at the moment, which isn't that. Are you a social justice warrior? I don't really know what that is. It's an internet thing, isn't it? Is that your new term for me after... Uh, There's all these SJWs. People on the internet are always going on about SJWs, right. social justice warriors. Well, but I don't really know what that is. Last year, Sounds I think, like a good thing. Last year, I think you had me down as a firebrand, which... Well, uh, that's I, true. I can, you're yeah, still a firebrand. Yeah, you can still have me as that. Social justice warrior, why not? Yeah. I think I also called you a nutter last year because you claimed that David Cameron would uh, be gone by Christmas and yeah. Indie Ref 2 would be back on the table. Ah. But, you know, I recant entirely from that position. Yeah. Um, so, so you'll be changing it to Sage, Neil. Well, Gray. absolutely, Yes, we'll yeah. see what you've got to predict this week. Um, I'm also uh, delighted to be joined again by uh, Ian Silvera, Senior Political Correspondent for the International Business Times. Hello. Hello. Um, we haven't seen you since the election. Did you have a good election? Yeah, the election was, of course, fun, exciting, enthralling, and tiring in many ways. And I was actually at the Institute of Directors to watch the exit poll come in. Oh, so yeah. that was quite fun. There was, was quite it? a few surprise people what there. What was the Surprised, noise? upset. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of both. Yeah. What was the noise in the room like? A few gasps. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I was talking to somebody yesterday who told me they were at the um, New Statesman Party, which was interesting because I was also at the New Statesman Party and talking to him at the time of the exit poll dropping, but he clearly forgotten this. Uh, <laughs> it was like it was the most amazing noise at that party because everyone was like, "Oh, do we cheer?" <laughs> it was just sort of. Then they yeah. realised they had to give thirty pages of positive coverage. Well, they do now. Corbett. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Of cookies. <laughs> um, right, yes, before we go on, I've written down and I must uh, say that I am aware that for the second week in a row, this is an all-male panel. Um, it is shameful, um, but I will attempt to redress this in the next couple of weeks. It won't be an all-male panel next week, and I'll attempt to redress the balance in the coming weeks. And then we will start with this. It's PMQs in review. Yes, the party one, still ongoing, still haven't done a new podcast for that, a uh, new jingle for that one. Um, PMQ's in review, oh, I don't know, was there anything stuck out for you, Neil, anything good two, there? Two things. Okay. Um, firstly, and I think we'll come on to talk about it, public sector pay dominated, obviously, uh-huh. uh, it's what uh, Jeremy Corbyn went on, and also what Ian Blackford led on, I think, rather better than uh, Jeremy Corbyn did. Uh, but also Hannah Bardell's question um, highlighting her case uh, where the Home Office are seeking to deport uh, a constituent of hers whose 
uh, child is uh, under threat from uh, female genital mutilation from her father and her family. A tragic, horrendous case and sadly a very complacent answer from the Prime Minister, obviously condemning FGM but saying nothing about the status of, of the family who are at risk of deportation. So a very, very powerful first question. It was a powerful question. Um, I, I'll be honest, I'm not sure are the optics of an all-male panel sitting talking about female genital mutilation and domestic violence. I mean, it's not that we can't talk about it, but I'm not sure it looks great. But... If we can't talk about it, then... I, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. But anyway, I don't think that's the important issue, to be honest here. I, I also no. think we trivialise it by going, ooh, well, 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 us liberals should be tie ourselves up in knots about it. Um, my only point with her question was, it was a very powerful question, but it did, did it... Did it achieve anything or will it achieve anything? Because as you say, Theresa May basically said, well, Amber Rudd's heard you, uh, FGM's bad. Hmm. Well, hopefully it will, because as is the nature of these things, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine that Hannah will have given the Prime Minister prior knowledge, so yeah. she'll have been making it up on, the, you know, a reply yeah. up on the spot. So wouldn't want to commit to anything, I would imagine, to give the Prime Minister the benefit of the doubt without seeing the case and the details. Uh, so I know that Hannah is going to be following up yeah. and that there may be more to come of it. Um, I would expect more to come of it because it would be horrific if we were to be complicit in... Uh, in threatening a three-year-old girl with um, FGM yeah. in another country. I think it's one to keep an eye on because, precisely that because it may well show up the limits of Prime Minister's questions if nothing does happen mm. that you can even go up with a question as powerful as that and still not get anywhere. Rather the or, limits of the Prime Minister. Well, yeah, exactly. Or it might show the limits of the Prime Minister or indeed it might all, all work out and show that these things do work. I, I, I think, yes, we'll maybe try and keep an eye on that one. Um, yes, public sector pay. Uh, Ian, were you... Uh, expecting Jeremy Corbyn to go on that? Yeah, I think this is a sort of easy one for Jeremy Corbyn. He's associated closely with a lot of the unions as well, mm. who are obviously pushing on this, and he's close to Matt Rack of the FBU, which is quite an interesting case, which he brought up. So it's the employer which yeah. has actually pushed for this 2% rise, mm -hmm. which is actually the first time they've done that. They usually coincide with the 1% cap. May pointed out that it's the public sector pay bodies yes. that are actually, you know, sort of under the government rather than employers for the fire brigades. So yes. It's quite an interesting case there. It is, uh, it's a bit, it's complicated, isn't it? I mean, it, like everything, anything, anything good is complicated, I suppose. But there is a, a weird thing that suddenly, and it is quite sudden, everyone's gone, oh, the election was about austerity and the public sector pay cap has mm. to be bust. Like somehow... This is what the election was all about. So I in fact, it was a wide range of yeah, issues. It this was about a wide range of issues, but I think the government have allowed it to become such a big issue by stonewalling the issue and saying you shall not pass, and yet having Boris Johnson and Michael Gove and Jeremy Hunt apparently breaking collective responsibility mm. by saying, of course, there should be an end to the cap, um, and saying that it could be, you know, fully paid for without tax rises, and and then you have the report in the Times today saying that the Prime Minister wanted to say something today at Prime Minister's question, something constructive on it, and then it, you know, it transpires that our ministers couldn't agree a line between them, so she's been hamstrung by her own ministers. It's absolute chaos. That was weird because she opened up by saying it's the 69th birthday of the NHS uh, Walked into and you're like well hello is she going to make some big announcement is, that, is she going to say and I'm going to give everyone a birthday present by giving them loads of money um, except she didn't she then sort of suddenly backed off and then in came Jeremy Corbyn uh, with who did Jeremy Corbyn have Dave the teacher 
that you had been writing to him. We were back to Jeremy Corbyn reading. That she asked the Tories to re- that he asked the Tories to respect because they uh, another letter from a constituent. <laughs> which is it's just because they hate silly. teachers. It's yeah. they hate learning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about. I think you know they're saying that people are growing weary of the public sector pay cap. But with regards to tactics at PMQs, he seems to be using these people as a sort of shield, Corbyn, which I don't really like. It doesn't settle with me in the yeah. sense that. Although they may, obviously yeah. are legitimate grievances, just sort of get your question out there and just ask you know, your own questions. You are the leader of the opposition. Yeah, after all. you should be able to think of your own questions. It's a yeah, fair point, I, I, think. I think that's a fair point. But also, um, he failed to skewer the prime minister because again he's back to rambling Jeremy, who yes. you know, it takes too long to come to his point yep. and then doesn't have a payoff line as the question to make the prime minister uncomfortable. It just kind of finishes, shuffles his notes and sits down. Yep. Whereas I think you look at Ian Blackford's question today, it was he came from his experience in the city, which you've covered so well oh, in yes. House magazine, um, and uh, was able to bring real knowledge to the debate and say, you know, why is it right that financial assets have risen you know, due to quantitative easing and all the rest of it, and yet uh, we have the horrendous situation where family budgets have been squeezed, we have a rise in import poverty, it's not fair. And right. I think his was a far more powerful question. Part, uh, part of it, to get a little bit wonky, is to do with interest rates, because obviously they've been kept so low. If that you look at the total remuneration package, a lot of uh, big companies are having to spend more with auto enrolment as well on mm. pensions, just as a wonky point. Mm. But I suppose the greater narrative as well, which relates to the pay thing, is... Although it wasn't a massive thing in the election, people are actually now thinking, we've had this public sector pay cap now mm. for quite a while, and how long does it take until you know, nurses start to look to move to Australia and they're just a bit, and the rest of the public sector are just tired? Which and is, this is amid Brexit. Which right? is what's happening. Uh, you know, you look at the, the figures um, for nurses in England, not in Scotland, for nurses in England, there is a, a drop away there. Uh, but also it's the politics of it. You know, this last couple of weeks, we've seen them manage to stumble across, the Tories have managed to stumble across their magic money tree and found their branches sagging under the weight of DUP fruit. Oh. And yet we can't afford to pay the per- workers properly. It just doesn't sit well with people. Um, you know, paying a billion pounds to keep on to our own job and salary while not really making much of an effort to help the public sector workers who have been involved in the Grenfell Tower mm. disaster yeah, and the yeah, terror exactly. attacks. It yeah. just isn't good. And she's missed the politics of this entirely. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's yes, the DUP thing and the um, terror attacks Getting and such things. Uh, I am, yeah, there's a moth in the, in the, in the studio. It's, it's not Luckily you can't hear it. Um, just to pick up on a couple of things there, uh, Ian Blackford, uh, I, I, he was all right. I, I didn't think he was particularly great. Um, I would expect you to disagree because you are his right hand man now or something aren't you like he, he talked you up in that house interview which you mentioned there um, but we did also talk in that interview about his city background uh, and the Prime Minister raised it as well uh, it did seem a bit odd that he was seemed to be complaining that the FTSE has risen by so much when he used to work in that business making gajillions of pounds trying to inflate the FTSE and hanging around in the same circles as Fred Goodwin. Seemed a bit. Was it not a bit odd? Is he not I asking for trouble there if he starts no. talking about the city? Because he, no. he was an investment banker. Right? Yeah, and you know, and uh, did very well. Was very successful, and is bringing that you know success and his experience and knowledge to the chamber. And uh, nobody can argue that Ian Blackford 
given his work on uh, you know pension rights for waspy women and a host of other issues is not a campaigner for fairness and social justice in society you know he's he's been very strong on these issues and showed it again today how rich is he in blackford i've no idea he'd have to ask oh come him. on you must have an idea i don't how no, often don't. does he buy the drinks at SNP parties? Well, he is, is he always first to the no, bar you're never, you're, bulging No, no, he, he, he's never last in buying around. Uh, so he, uh, he, no, he is generous. Rich. I don't know. I mean, we're all rich sitting in this room, uh, you know, when we compare uh, incomes c- compared to the average I, I, salary. I feel these days. Well, okay. Don't go that far. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just going to say as well as Ian, I suppose he's got a big sort of task stepping into Angus's shoes yeah. now that, you know, I think as well across the press, we often praised Angus yeah. when uh, Jeremy Corbyn was sort of floundering. So, yeah. I suppose it's quite a bit of pressure for it. Yeah, yeah Angus, Angus, you know, really dominated Prime Minister's questions yeah. for months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that we're definitely um, uh, the worst off for not having Angus here. But you watch Ian Blackford, he's already showing he's capable of um, of stepping up at Prime Minister's questions. And as he gets himself into stride, we'll show his talents even further, I'm sure. And I suspect each week the Prime Minister will go, you're an investment banker, you, you used to work in the city. Oh, well, wait and see. Maybe I'm wrong. A bit rich from the Prime Minister who hides her own investments. Well, that's true enough. Yeah, maybe she won't. Um, Just on public sector pay, explain to me what's going on in Scotland. Because, as I understand it, Labour introduced a motion back in earlier in the year to, Mm -hmm. to remove the public sector pay cap and the SNP rejected it. Now, all of a sudden, the SNP have decided that they will remove the public sector pay cap. So what's what, going on there? So what we voted against uh, in May was an in-year uh, scrapping of the cap. So we're not, we cannot, in the middle of the year, change where we're at with the public sector pay cap. However, what we've said is we want to end the public sector pay cap. It was in our manifesto uh, that we all stood on uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and you will see a review of that coming forward. That's been committed to by Derek Mackay and the First Minister. There we go. Um, Derek so Mackay, that uh, titan of Scottish politics. Um, I don't know what you're referring to. He was in charge of the. He's, he was in charge of which campaigns? He was in charge of the election campaign, uh-huh. where he lost twenty seats. Was he not in charge of the Scottish election campaign as well, where he lost the majority? Der- Derek Mackay, if you remember, was the youngest leader of a local authority in Scotland, and has well, well, stepped in and doing a very good job in finance. But if you just have to look at the economic figures uh, well, that are out today, showing that our GDP growth out, outstrips oh, the rest of the UK in the last quarter. Um, Ian has to, to leave us soon. We're not going to get into, uh, you know, which Standing bits, of, which bits of the economy the Scottish <laughs> government is responsible for and which ones are not. I'm not saying either way. I just think that is a discussion that you could have that goes on for quite a long time. Um, let us briefly touch on the big issue of the day, um, ties. Uh, I did write a piece last week saying people should stop talking about ties. But I mean, I wrote a thing about ties. Um, well, so shame, well, he's not wearing one. Yeah. I, I'm not shame, wearing one. Shameless plug we're, we've got for your uh, piece. Yeah, it's in the New Statesman, right? It is in the New Statesman, that's right. Found and online. my interview with Ian Blackford is in the House magazine. Yeah. You can find them both online. I already and plugged that for you, didn't you? If you, you go on the iPlayer, you can watch me reviewing the, the news and you can watch me on BBC Parliament reviewing last week's PMQs. There you all go. All very good. Yeah, or go on my website. It's all there, uh, james-miller.com. Anyway, uh, you brought that up, not me. Um, I am tyless. Ian is Ty-fool. Uh, Neil is tie and waistcoat full. Or full. Is that a waistcoat? Is that the one? Yeah, no, it's I mean, a three-piece suit. Yeah, well, I don't, I wasn't saying you're trend. fat. I mean, <laughs> I was just saying I'm tieless, therefore you're a tie full. Is that the opposite of tieless? Tied. 
Tied. All right. Tied this, and waistcoated. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is the living human embodiment of the standard slipping. We go from the three-piece suit to yeah. just the tie to yes. no tie. <laughs> yes, like, I, look, I look down on him because yeah. he's not wearing a waistcoat. Quite. I look down on him because he's not even wearing a tie. Um, does it matter? No. Um, I have to say, I, will, I think it's brilliant. I thought... Uh, I think the speaker deserves a lot of credit for cooking up this tie nonsense as a way of dealing with the issue of this Sheffield MP, uh, what's his name, Jared O'Mara, who has yeah, cerebral palsy, palsy and can't do up ties and buttons. Mm -hmm. uh, and the speaker seems to have cooked this up with Tom Brake as a way to get round it without drawing attention to him. Unfortunately, you know, not entirely successfully, obviously, because people have gone, oh, actually, it's to do with this fella. Um, but, you know, if you have a disability, you should not be barred from partaking in the activities of the House if you are duly elected, quite clearly. Hmm. And he's found a way around that. And I think, uh, well done, Mr. Speaker, really. Absolutely. My nephew's got cerebral palsy, so I, I could sympathise entirely. And I think, you know, as long as people are turning up to their work yeah. and respectable, respectful um, attire, then, you know, who is anyone to judge? But I'll continue to wear a tie, I think. Um, I think that's where I'm at. But that's just my own preference and I don't think anyone should be judged on what their, their preferences are or what or what they're going to be, men or women for that matter. You know the way around that? I'll go for it. Everyone starts wearing the all-in-one silver space suit with the lightning stripe down the front. How will Mr Speaker be able to identify any of us from that? Well, if just by their faces. Oh right, so I, I thought you were talking about the morph uh, ones. No, that no, not over yeah. the head, just no, you know, okay. like in the Jetsons or whatever, like everyone's <laughs> going to wear in the future. That's what sci-fi says, we're all going to wear the same thing. And it stops you being able to judge people, I think it's a good idea. The Can you bring in some sort of EDM about this? No. Or, or some sort of no. uh, private members? Or who's got it? No. Angus Brendan. He, he was in the private members ballot. Yeah. I'll go and tap him up. I'll find him in the uh, sports and social one night and see if he wants to bring in a bill to legislate so everyone has to wear uh, silver onesies from uh, now on. The, the, the real question here is yeah. what will the speaker be wearing in the royal box at Wimbledon? Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Well, he'd be wearing a tie. Uh, well, I think he has to, but... Well, I, I hope mean, he turns up in a silver space suit. Yeah, <laughs> space suit, maybe. <laughs> well, there are other people, of course, who've disgraced themselves in the Royal Box at Wimbledon, isn't there, in the past, uh, waving flags around. Don't know who you're referring I to. I think uh, Mr Speaker called, what did he say? It was down market, people who were braying in the in the chamber today. I think he'd suggest people waving salt eyes around. Uh, was down I market. think that was a perfectly appropriate response to the first... Uh, Scottish and British winner of Wimbledon. I think that was a perfectly fair response. Um, well, it's a long time ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, are we going to have another? Is, is Andy Murray going to win again? I don't know. He's 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 been injured. He had a good he had a good first round match. He flew through that. I mean, not um, anybody is an expert in tennis. So I'm just. Asking. I, I I love <laughs> tennis. I love watching tennis. But um, I'm a big fan of Andy Murray's. Obviously, I just think uh, Rafael Nadal is coming into some good form. Yeah. He's had a really good season. Um, you can never write off Novak Djokovic nor Roger Federer who also seems to be coming into form just as Wimbledon comes around the corner yet again yeah, so I it's going to be a tough one I had Murray to lose to Vavrinka in the quarterfinals ah, he's gone but Vavrinka's gone, gone exactly yeah. he gave up pretty tamely so, so it shows what I know you're, a bit like my election sage, predictions your sage uh, predictions uh, yeah you're the guy who knows about the predictions go on then is Andy Murray going to win? I think, get the, I think he'll get to the final the final? is he not getting it down in the semis? yeah I think he'll get to the final I've got a feeling Murray won't get past the semi-finals. I, wa I want him to, but I just don't think he'd get past the uh, semi-finals. Okay. I think if he gets to the final, he'll win. No, he hasn't, has he been in a Wimbledon final and lost? Yes, yes. he has, hasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, right, OK. Uh, let us move on to finish up with uh, I Love Your Questions. Oh, if no. I can find the right jingle, which sounds like this. I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions. <laughs> 
promise I will revoice that. Jingle definitely going to be better, my question. I will revoice that over the summer with a new mystery voice after Kirsty Blackman guessed the voice a few weeks ago. Um, The question set last week by newbie MP Paul Sweeney was, uh, would you rather live in a socialist UK or an independent Scotland ruled by a right-wing Tory-esque administration? (sighs) It's a false social that, justice warrior. That is a false choice. No, uh, no, it's, it's the basis of the question. I, I, and, and my answer is that's a false choice because we haven't had a socialist government in the UK. I don't believe ever. Oh come uh, on, 1945. Okay, I'll give you that. The creation of the NHS. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but come on, we're going back 70 years there. Um, yeah, so well, a, why a, do we have to wait a, another 70 years before? Have, we, so uh, no, I, and the idea theoretical that theoretical questions. Well, yeah, and, and just as theoretical is a socialist government coming to power, sadly, in the UK, um, uh, or for that matter, I believe a right-wing government coming to power in an event in Scotland. So um, it's that's a total misnomer, a total red herring. It's um, perfectly good, but you're refusing it. to answer. Oh no, I've asked it. I think it's, uh, it's uh, a false I choice. I think that's a, that's a, a false choice. Does, it, does he does he believe that there should be continue to be right wing rule in Scotland from a UK government we didn't elect? I don't believe it would. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But given he's in the Labour Party, I assume he wants a socialist UK or a socialist independent Scotland, which would yeah, well, if I, it was more likely, which it is, we're going to have a I'm not going to put words in independent his mouth. Scottish right. government. Next time I get him on the podcast, <laughs> I'll get you on the week before, and you can then set that question okay. for him. Okay. Um, just on that, I mean, obviously he's a new, he's one of the new Labour MPs. Mm. Have you been knocking around with any of the new MPs, the new Labour MPs, the new Tory MPs, or or you just avoid them because they're from different parties? No, 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 no. I mean, um, I have talked to some of them and congratulated them on their maiden speeches that I've been able to see. Some of them have been very good. Um, you know, but to be fair to Paul, I'm, I'm, I was impressed uh, last week with one of his questions. I can't remember um, uh, where it was, but he, he, you know, he's obviously hitting the ground running. Um, as are others. I don't, you know, obviously I'm sad uh, that uh, Anne McLaughlin isn't back because she was a a fantastic advocate for her constituents and uh, put in some fantastic community work in, in her constituency that was doing great work. Uh, so I'm sad that she's not back. Um, but, you know, I wish Paul well and, and the others. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's been knockabout across the chamber. Yeah, uh, as not, you'd on expect. The, not on the terrace but yet. Not so much yet, no. Okay. Um, but I'm sure that'll come. And uh, next week's guest looks like it will be uh, Drew Hendry, mm. much favoured around this parish. He always gets good listenership figures. Uh, what is your question for Drew Hendry? Um, Hearts have been on a bit of a spending spree. They've just signed up uh, Kyle Lafferty um, and his uh, hilarious uh, quote as, as after signing for, for Hearts. So does he think that Hearts will finish above Aberdeen this season in the, <laughs> in the SPL? And see if you can answer that one with a straight face. The weird thing is uh, we'll be recording that on what, the 12th of July and the SPL season will start not long after that, won't it? Absolutely. It's earlier and earlier, like Christmas, it comes sooner and sooner every year. Um, Perhaps not the best day to be talking about Scottish football either, really. Is it? Uh, listen, I'm not going, I don't know what you're talking about. I do not know, I don't, I'm not getting involved. I know you're an MP for the West of Scotland. I don't understand the West of Scotland that I'm not getting involved in any talk about Rangers losing to see. the fourth best team in Luxembourg. Um, that's well. That's a fact. That, I'm just dealing in facts. I'm not going any further than that. Okay. Um, although I like Danny Baker's claim that you could carpet the whole of Luxembourg for seventy-five pounds. Uh, <laughs> that's got nothing to do with the football, though. That's just a comment about Luxembourg. Um, right. Uh, I will. We will finish there before I get any abuse. Uh, well, no, I'm not going. I was about to go somewhere. No. Um, one of your colleagues was talking to me about something 
connected to that. We'll talk about that off air. Um, oh, I'm intrigued. I'm sure the listeners are as well. Oh, we go blimey, wait till I, I'll tweet it later. Um, yes, uh, you've distracted me with your terrible <laughs> West of Scotland football stuff that I just I'm an Aberdeen fan. Just terrifies me. And I go, I'm oh, an, oh, I don't want to get involved. I'm, in I'm an Aberdeen fan. I've nothing to do with West of Scotland football other than wanting to see Adrianians. Other than wanting to see Adrianians doing well, obviously. I, I, get, I don't understand, but I'm assuming there's a lot of Rangers fans and Celtic fans in your constituency. I would imagine there is. Yes, yes uh, I, I don't understand these things. Right, move on. Um, I will uh, say thank you there to Neil Gray, social, social justice warrior, and Sage, and to Ian Silvera. Uh, tune in next week for another of my podcasts. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, and people have been getting in touch, please keep it coming. It's very nice to hear from you all. I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email and you can go to my website as previously mentioned james-miller.com to see all my uh, work in various different fields Um, I'm also starting to plan my summer uh, podcast in the pub specials if you want to come on one of those please get in touch uh, by the previous methods and uh, tune in next week for another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts thank you